What up, folks? The dead has arisen. I'm back with Locked On Jaguars here on a Wednesday, and I got a guest, my man Demetrius Harvey. He's going to tell us what Trent Baalke said, what Shia Khan said, what new coach Doug Peterson said from the combine, and we're going to talk about the decision to not have an EVP for Shia Khan, and we'll do that in just a second here on a Wednesday on Locked On Jaguars. Your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, good folks? Tony Wiggins here with Locked On Jaguars. We thank you for making us your first listen here on a Wednesday. Your team every day is who we are. And a reminder that we are free on all platforms. I'm going to let you know right now, Shaq Khan has surprised everyone when he says he's so impressed with Doug Peterson that they're no longer going to go and get an EVP or an executive vice president of the team right now. I don't buy it. I think it falls into a narrative that we talked about earlier uh, when they were looking for a coach before they found a, a head front office man to run the team. Let me show you how bass backwards I think that is. We're going to discuss that. Also, the combine is underway. Doug Peterson and Trent Baalke are both in Indianapolis and they spoke to the media today. We'll talk about that. And then I'm going to have a guest, my man Demetrius Harvey from SI and from Big Cat Country. He uh, he covers the Jaguars and the Florida Gators, but he does cover the Jacksonville Jaguars. And we're going to talk to him about some draft prospects and who he thinks is he's most excited to see. But first and foremost, I'm not going to bury the lead. I've been missing an action and uh, not for a good reason. I have a good excuse but it's not for a good reason. I had um, I have been having some pain, just a little transparency, a little bit of pain, and I tried to uh, buck down, bear down, and deal with it, and deal with it, and eventually I couldn't deal with it no more. And as it turns out, I'm lucky that I could not deal with it anymore because it was a very serious issue. And uh, I had a lot of well wishes from a lot of people. I can't mention you all. I do want to thank you, though, because those prayers and those well wishes kept me through. I was curled up like a baby and uh got rid of a, a dangerous dangerous infection inside of my body so i'm back i'm back stronger than ever not quite i wasn't that strong in the beginning but i am back and uh, i want to talk some jaguars with you guys today so it's going to be a short first segment because i want demetrius to really come in and uh give us his assessment of some of the things that's been happening one thing one thing that did happen right before uh not before I went to the hospital, I had a couple of days where I didn't talk to you guys, and one reason was because I wasn't feeling well. Tony Baselli was uh, selected to the Hall of Fame. Of course, I did have a chance to discuss that with you. However, the Jaguars were given a Hall of Fame game in Canton. They're going to play the Raiders, so I know there's going to be a large contingent of Jaguar fans who will make the trek up 77. Let me tell you how to get there from here. You go 95 to 26. You go 26 west, and then you go 77 north. And once you go 77 north, you ride about six hours through uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, and a little bit of West Virginia. And once you hit Ohio, you're going to be in Canton. Uh, it's a nice place. It's going to be full of teal and black uh, this year, come August or September, whenever that game is going to be played. And Big Bowl gets in, and I know the teal and black is going to represent and show out and show up and show out. For Tony Baselli. A lot of things going on in the Jaguars world. Tyler Shatley signed another contract for the 75th year. He's going to be a Jaguar until football is over. But um, 
you know what? I joke about that because it's an old joke between me and Dave Caldwell. And uh, I said, Tyler Shatley's going to always work. And he laughed at it last year. But it's I, I ain't laughing no more. Tyler Shatley's going to always work. I think Tyler Shatley might end up being the dude in Jaguar uniform that suits up more than anybody who's ever played here. And uh, it's good for him. Good for him because, one, he's a good guy. I heard he's a real team leader. And uh, he, he's a real weight room warrior, too. And then he gives them some versatility. So from a football perspective, a lot of versatility at the garden center position. You can't have enough guys that know how to play, that are veterans, that want to be a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars organization and who provides the sort of stability that he does. Look, I'm not going to beat around the bush. We're going to get right to Demetrius Harvey. I told you the first segment is going to be short. That means the last two are going to be pretty lengthy. And I know you guys can't wait to get to that i need a little help today man Demetri said you need me call me i said okay i'm calling you because i need a little help uh because i've been out of the loop a little bit trying to take care of myself and i know you guys can appreciate that all right so here's what we're gonna do man we're gonna run it down with you we're gonna talk evp that situation we're gonna talk bulky of course i know you guys are happy about that we're also gonna talk doug peterson though we're gonna talk doug peterson and what the impressions are um this early in the season so hang tough we'll get to it in just a second here in segment two on locked on jaguars first i gotta tell you though that football might be over for this season but basketball is in full steam and both pro and college first of all that little young lady from iowa is the cohort of truth and john morant is giving me some serious Allen iverson vibes right but those teams are also winning. And that's what you want to do when you lay your money down with betonline.net. You want to win. All right. It's the number one spot for all your sports betting needs from the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next coach will be hired or fired and is going to land. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC, right down to the latest odds on all of those things and there's some pretty good matches coming up guys don't like each other so it's good to bet on something you're going to see somebody get their block knocked off too so head to the website today to use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action bet online is where the game starts we know you start here with us every single day on locked on jaguars because it's your team every day we are so so glad that you actually make us your first listen i'm gonna pull my man demetrius harvey up here in just a second as soon as i learn how to work my laptop uh and and to be able to get him up here on the screen demetrius knows i'm not the most technical person there. as a matter of fact ain't something about demetrius everybody knows you start getting weird pushing buttons you might lose the whole thing but uh we're gonna bring my man demetrius in here in just a second <laughs> there he is right there he's already laughing at me because he knows <laughs> that i am absolutely telling the truth i sit up in the press box with him at jaguar fans at Jaguar game sometimes, and I have to ask him, uh, what do we do about this? What do we do? I'm, now, let's share the secret. Let's share the secret. By the way, Demetrius Harvey on Twitter, he's at Demetrius82. Mm-hmm. Big Cat Country covers the Jags and covers the Florida Gators for SI, right? Did I get them all? Did I get all your titles in? Yes, sir. You got them all right. All right. I just want y'all to know. A uh, little bit of behind the scenes information here with me and Demetrius. Uh, let's just say I can't eat everything, right? And I'll attach it to why I was just in the hospital, right? I can't eat everything, even though I might not be telling the truth about why I actually call him. But I usually hit Demetrius up when I'm on the way to games. I say, are you in the press box? He'll go, yeah. I'm like, 
by the way, shout out to the hospital where I was. I'm still the walking wounded, but I uh hit him up and be like, what they serve. <laughs> if he says something I you know I can't eat, right? You'll see me come up in the press box with like two hot dogs and some popcorn. So it's a running joke. Like, are you in the press box? He doesn't even tell me. He doesn't even say, yeah, why anymore? I'll say, are you in the press box? And he'll send me a picture of a plate of food. A little screenshot. Yeah. A little screenshot. So, so, so running joke. Demetrius, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm glad you're doing well and everything back in, you know, under the mend and just trying to, you know, get everything right. Um it's been a whirlwind. Obviously, you know, you got the Gators going on. They're about to begin spring. You got the Jaguars doing all their things. Don't nobody care about them. Don't nobody care about them. I have to, so I have to mention them. I just so I'm an FSU fan. Nobody care about them people. But no, I'm just serious. Go ahead, yeah. man. So you got the no. Gators. What else you got? We have the Jaguars. Obviously, you know, they every so often they're going to come out with an, a big news dump. And today was that day. Of course, they had the NFL Combine. They had the EVP news that we're going to get into, just a bunch of other stuff. And, you know, i just been on the grind. Yeah, always grinding, man. Uh, Demetrius, um, Prisco always tells this story that I started doing radio as a caller to his show. I got to tell y'all, me and Demetrius, we started out, he was almost, I think you might have been a teenager or you might have been in college. I think yeah. Zach, I think Zach was a teenager. Zach might have been in middle school, but Zach at all. <laughs> but we, um, we started out, used to use, you know, hit me up when I was doing radio and I'd be, we'd be going back and forth, going back and forth. And then one day this yeah. dude shows up with this full beard. And I'm like, who are you? I'm Demetrius. And I'm like, damn, you know, you're a grown man. I used to try to you look for you. I used to try to look for you on, on Twitter. I, I'm sorry, bro. I ain't mean none of that stuff. I don't want no smoke, but <laughs> no. So you and hmm. I kind of feel the same about the EVP situation as, yeah. as it pertains to the announcement today. If you guys don't know, Shah Khan announced, uh, that his previous announcement that they had put in for an executive vice president to run the team, which quieted down the, the restless natives because everyone either wanted Balky gone, Trent Balky, the GM, or they wanted a situation where there was some body who was going to be in charge, uh, who could be a buffer between uh, any problems that might come up with new coach, Doug Peterson and the mm-hmm. GM Trent Balky. Shotgun came out today and goes, he ain't going to get an EVP right now. And uh, first of all, before we get into it, did that shock you? Um, I, I wouldn't say it shocked me. So th- the whole time I thought for sure this was going to happen. This is a he's not going to get up there and lie. And I still believe that he didn't lie or, or anything on the podium. You know, when he was introducing Doug Peterson, uh, he thought that an EVP was needed. So when, when the announcement comes today that, oh, we're not going to get an EVP this year or, you know, who, whoever who knows how long it will take for them to actually come to that decision or making that hire. But um, when it came out today, I wasn't too shocked. It, it, it was more of like, uh, oh, okay, that makes sense because they hadn't hired him yet. I mean, when were they going to? Right. So I thought the same thing, but I mm-hmm. also thought something else. So we'll double back to that in a second. Uh, a lot of fans said, this is shy pulling another one. He's mm-hmm. lying to us. He's lying to us. And I'll never call someone a, liar per se but i will say he's a need to know basis type person and he'll tell you what he's feeling at that moment and uh whether or not he thinks it's going to change doesn't matter whether or not he tells you right then how he feels so with that being said everyone was running the name out about rick spielman rick spielman rick spielman Mm -hmm. and all of these other people and now that he's done this 
the good it seems like they were in a bad place because they didn't fire balky they were in a bad place because this coaching search went on for so long and then once doug peterson was hired once people heard peterson and he has the super bowl pedigree and you saw who he hired as a staff then the goodwill was won back and right. now with this it seems like boom the, the you know the problem is shifted again and the goodwill of the fans is gone and now they're calling for Sean to be put on you know the chopping block here again so uh, what what do you think um do you think they missed opportunities with messaging or is it something like that why are they so inopportune to take advantage of momentum I'll, I'll tell you this the whole time throughout from January even from when Urban was fired back in I think early December, I thought that their messaging has been off there that they haven't done a good job of, of taking care of what they wanted to convey. So when urban's fired, you know, he comes out and says, you know, Trent bulky will lead the team. Um, obviously Daryl Bevel will lead the team. And, and that was it. And he's not going to talk until afterward. Well, afterward comes and then he doesn't talk. And then after a while you're in that coaching search and you're hearing all these different names and he still hasn't come out and said, what is going on with Trent bulky. Now, in his mind, and, and, and it's not wrong, but in, in his mind, he's thinking Trent Balky's under contract. Why do I have to come out and say that he's going to be retained? Which, I mean, I agree to an extent, but at the same time, you see all of the angst that's happening. You see why players or why um, fans aren't very happy. They want to know, is this going to be a full rebuild or is this going to be a time when all of a sudden there's not going to be another a person brought in and, and you're going to have Trent bulky again. And then I think that this is another instance of that. They didn't do anything in terms of letting the fans know uh, how the head coaching process was gone. You had a bunch of other teams, the giants, um, plenty of other teams announcing when they even interviewed people. And you have the Jaguars basically saying um, we have nothing yet. And until we find something, then it'll happen. And that's basically what happened with Doug Peterson. And it's sort of the similar situation here with the EVP. Everybody thought, Hey, um, we're going to hire an EVP. You know, we, as in the Jaguars are going to hire an EVP. And then moving forward, there was nothing. It was radio silence. It was like, Oh, we, they just announced that just to announce that. So I understand why a bunch of fans could feel like they've been misguided or whatever the case may be. But, um, I think someone said it very well earlier on social media. They said, you know, don't confuse a liar with someone who's just incompetent. And I'm not saying that Shad Khan is incompetent, but I thought it did speak volumes to the actual, you know, situation here. I don't think that he's lying. And I know that he's not lying. They filed paperwork with the league in order to get this process rolling. But I do understand why people might feel he's incompetent. You have a guy who hasn't very well run the team, you know, for, for years, they had one good season in his time owning the team. So you can't really trust that he's going to be good at making these decisions. So when he comes out and he makes this decision again, based on his own feelings and his own thoughts by being around and being in the building, you have that sort of sentiment of, Oh, here we go again. This is just another misstep by the owner of the Jaguars. And so I completely resonate with fans. I understand why they're, they're very upset. Um, it, it's it's going to be a process and honestly it's just going to be a situation where you have to wait and see like how the process is going to play out i think sometimes too the angst of the fans it comes down to this it's one thing to say that trevor Lawrence is going to have to go up against patrick mahomes and josh allen and 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 and, and joe burrow it's another thing to think that shod who we believe and i say we i'm talking about the fans and based on their um their responses shod who they believe is 
uh, and the record right now indicates that he doesn't know what he's doing. And uh, he would have to prove that he's learned that he knows what he's doing. And then Trent, who has a track record of alienating people and not knowing what he's doing, that folks believe that we're not going to out executive or out GM anybody, uh, whether it's the draft, whether it's getting compensation for players, whether it's making critical decisions when they need to be made, whether it's having the type of organization and the type of structure that's needed to win a franchise. I think people wanted someone else in the room to be that other guy. The way when you look at an organization like the Chiefs, they have like 10 dudes that's well-respected around the league, and the Jaguars have not restructured their team. Um, you think he can get any goodwill back? You, do you think the Jaguar fans will come back based on if they go out and make a big splash in free agency? Because one thing about this fan base, man, they are so forgiving. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you know what? Um, I, I hate to say it, but I, I think that if they make a big splash, this fan base is going to turn completely 180. They're going to be excited again. That's just the nature of being a fan, though. I mean, I'm not going to blame them for, for having those feelings, um, but we've seen it time and time again. You know, oh, I'm burning my tickets. I'm not going to buy. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. Oh, then all of a sudden they get Trevor Lawrence and, oh, well, face, we're, face we're buying. Gets- Face gets painted golden teal, baby. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, um, I'm not going to say that all of the fans will definitely jump on board, but say they they sign a couple good free agents. Say they sign a Mike Williams. Say they sign um, a, a Brandon Sheriff. You know, say they get these pieces in and it looks good. And all you're hearing from everybody is Doug Peterson's doing very well and everybody loves Doug Peterson. I think you're going to a little bit forget about Trent Baalke. So, yeah, he can win them back. This is going to take good decisions by the front office, by the head coach, and then good decisions obviously headed into the season. And then ultimately winning will trump all. You can have you can have Tom Coughlin back in there and, and people would love him as long as they're winning. So, you know, it, it's just a situation of, you know, wait and see until they actually do the good move and then it's going to be like this. Here's the here's the irony in this situation for me. And this is what I said I was going to double back to. The entire time when they said that they were going to start this process after Urban, I'm like, if you're not going to fire the GM, but you're going to add an EVP, do that before the coaching search. Now, I actually like the hire of Doug Peterson. I'm just like the fans in that regard. However, the weird part of this for me is that you didn't hire the EVP first and allow him to be a part of all of this, where you still could have, as Shad said, I want Doug Peterson and I want you to work with him. And now Shad comes out today, and I'm going to paraphrase him. He uses his, as his reasoning is because after three weeks, he's seen how Doug has infected, affected the building, and he doesn't want somebody to come in and disrupt it. And I'm thinking like, yeah. well, I'll be damned. Didn't I tell you that's why you got to hire that dude first? And not, now, now it's like, well, I don't want nobody to come in here and disrupt It's like, did yep. you not think that, that, okay, so what was Doug Peterson supposed to be doing for the last three weeks that wasn't going to impress you enough that was that was going to allow you to now say, oh, no, we still need help? Right. No, <laughs> you're you're not wrong. And, and that whole, you know, when he came out and said, you know, he's seen firsthand, that's true. You know, he's been in the building. He's been around. He's been um, probably, I would say, in the building more than he's been in the past ever. Um, which is good. And then, you know, it depends on how he's going to continue that moving forward, if it's going to remain good. Uh, but yeah, in, in three weeks, he learned that Doug Peterson and, and Trent Baalke is, is, is the answer. And at that point, you kind of have to think like, is three weeks really enough? I mean, even Baalke and even uh, Peterson have come out and said, this is not a quick fix. So is the culture completely changed? You don't even have players in there. You don't know 
for certain. And and I understand that Chad's a very trusting person. He's going to believe the things that people tell him because, you know, you have to believe at first until you get betrayed like he was with Urban Meyer. So it, it's one of those situations where he has to make sure that he's making a calculated decision. He's obviously seen what good Doug Peterson is doing. And now adding an EVP in his eyes is going to ruffle feathers. There's no reason to add somebody in his eyes um, that's above both of them to change the dynamic they already have going on. Clearly something is working to him for him to keep doing this. But yeah, it's, it, it's very interesting to see, you know, Hey, you didn't do this beforehand, which is probably what you would want to do if you want this to work properly. And now that you've seen what it's going to ha- what's going to happen when you don't do it first, now you can't do it or you don't want to do it. So it's just a, a situation. It's it, it's a weird situation. I don't think any team would hire an EVP uh, afterward, and and that's kind of why we're in the place we're in. All right, they were at the combine. I'm with Demetrius Harvey at Demetrius82 on Twitter, and they and don't pay attention to that little gap that I put on this graphic between the at and the D. Uh, I don't know if that's me because my letter looks a little closer to you. Put that together. There ain't no underscore nothing in this at Demetrius82. Uh, Demetrius Harvey. We're going to hit segment three. We're going to talk a little bit about what those guys saw at the combine or what they said at the combine, they being Doug Peterson and Trent Baalke. And I'm going to ask Demetrius and put him on the spot and ask him what players he's looking forward to probably the most uh, as it pertains to um, what players he's looking forward to to be able to add to this team and who is he uh, most excited about. We'll do that, but I got to tell you this first now. Listen. Thanks for making Locked on Jaguars your first listen every day. Now, make your second listen, Locked on NFL Draft with Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker. Bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. And I want to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is going to do me good right now because I have to eat something soft i have to eat something that doesn't have crazy macros in it and i also have to eat something i'm allowed to eat something with chocolate in it it's going to really really help me out because it's such a healthy product it's like a it's a protein bar that looks and tastes and has the texture of a candy bar it's not chalky it doesn't have any of that that chalk and that waxy feeling built bar is the truth and if you want something even a little softer than that puffs they're the first ever protein infused marshmallow they're fluffy and they're, of course, marshmallow-y because they're marshmallows. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And they're also covered in 100% chocolate. All built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, not fake. And now they're low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bars with these, and they are better. A typical candy bar has anywhere from two to 300 calories. Built Bar, no. 130 max. That's what they have, but they're packed with 17 great grams of protein. Make sure you go to built.com and order your built bars right now. Follow along on at bar underscore built for all the latest information about built bars on Twitter. Rolling right along with my man Demetrius Harvey from uh, Big Cat Country. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Jaguars. I did not hear the interview today. I was being discharged from the hospital and running around going to pharmacies and doing whatever, but uh, I did read some of your tweets in particular, D, about uh, what some of the comments that Trent Baalke and Doug Peterson had from the combine. First of all, what do you think? And tell us some of the things that you heard him say. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it was basically a, a typical combine interview. I mean, the press will ask questions about, you know, dr- certain draft picks. Obviously, the Jaguars with the number one pick, they're of high interest. So everyone's asking them about things like, are, are you going to trade down? And, of course, the team's going to say, you know, we're always open to trading down. And no team is going to say they're not open. So little things like that. But the good stuff that um, we saw or heard from Trent Balky in particular was about certain players on the team. So, you know, there's a couple guys like Travis Etienne, LaVisca Chenault, who have some question marks and not necessarily for the same reason. But for Chenault, everyone is thinking, oh, they're going to get rid of him. And and now they still could. But it was worth hearing, you know, that Balky said that they're they're not looking to get rid of him. They like him. Uh, they want to give him the ball more. They need to figure out, you know, ways to use him. Um, they really like where he's at. But um, I, I guess the one thing is about that you have to consider – is that just a play to maybe up his trade value if, if they would want to and, and things of that nature? So uh, who knows is what's going to happen there, but Chanel is going to be a piece at least for now and as part of the offense until they, they can upgrade. Um, they talked about adding you know weapons like for Trevor. I think that that was a, a very big point of emphasis that both Balky and Peterson have talked about. They need to add pieces and they need to add pieces to protect Trevor, you know, offensive linemen maybe. And they, they need to add pieces to um, make his life easy on the field, basically. Explosive players who are able to take the ball from, you know, a, a six-yard dig route and take it 90 yards, you know, down the field or w- whatever you want to say. Just guys who are explosive playmakers on the team, they, they lack that. They've lacked that since, you know, last season uh, when DJ Tark went down. They lacked that, you know, throughout the year. So, that's definitely going to be a point of emphasis. Um, Travis Etienne is a guy that who everybody has question marks on. Uh, will he be 100%? Is he going to even be a factor next year? Balky said that he's ahead of schedule. So if, if if he actually is ahead of schedule and he actually is going to be you know competing maybe during training camp already, that's that's a plus. We'll, we'll see what happens there. A Liz Frank injury is just – it's one of those tricky things where you just don't know. So – um, but, you know, it, essentially it was a pretty standard press conference. There wasn't anything too noteworthy that I caught um, off to the side. They talked to some reporters and told them, you know, hey, we don't know if we're going to use the franchise tag. So still no clarification there. But um, all in all, it was a it was a normal day at the office. Uh, I didn't like the fact that I, and, I, and I'll discuss the running back situation. here. I didn't like the fact that one of the things that I read that Trent said was, the tight end position would be a point of emphasis yeah. and, and this, that, and the third, and we're going to be aggressive in the tight end market. I really didn't like hearing that because my thing is that's a little bit too much information. Um, I would prefer to him that said that the way he talked about LaVisca, because I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, this is not calling him a liar. This is just me based on the information I received. I heard he doesn't like LaVisca very much, him personally. Therefore, he's not supposed to tell people that. Just like you said, he's supposed to play the game a little bit. Well, we all know they need tight ends, right? But, you know, I would like you to talk those dudes up that you already have. And I because I think they're going to add two. I wouldn't be surprised if C.J. Zama hits the market or Zach Ertz if he wants to reunite. And then they double back in the third round and take a Jalen Widermeyer or somebody like that because – I think they're going to take the approach that Philly takes. Remember, Philly had Ertz, and they took the guy they got now, got it, right? And then mm-hmm. Baltimore has Andrews, and they'll still take two or three dudes. I think that's what you're going to see them get back to. So uh, I don't like them telegraphing the fact that they're going to emphasize the tight ends very much. Let me get to the running back situation because that's tricky. The Jaguars were criticized for using a, a pick on a running back last year when both of them were healthy. 
now the two top running backs this year, you would think that they wouldn't use another pick. One of them's not healthy. Well, one's coming back from injury, and the other one's going to be – he has an Achilles injury, so that might take him a little – unless he's Cam Akers all over again. Uh, James Robinson might not heal up. I don't think you can go into training camp next year with two guys coming off of injury at that. So I look for him to either add a veteran or – I look for them to double right back in like the third or fourth round if there's a if there's a, a, a spiller from Texas A&M or mm-hmm. if there's a Damian Pierce sitting there in the third. They're going to get somebody else. And and that coach, Doug Peterson, has been known to use multiple, multiple running backs in his last situation. Absolutely. And then uh, I'm not trying to, to bring more more Gators fandom, you know, into this, but Damian Pierce is a guy. I promise this this kid is is incredible. I, I think that. Um, one thing that he didn't get his due was during his time at Florida, they they gave him the ball 10 times, uh, I think only two times during the whole year, and that was during the final two games of the season. The entire season, I think he had about 574 yards rushed for uh, 100 times on the year, so 5.7 yards per carry. This kid was incredible. It was even close um, what type of, of, of a running back he was, and he was the best running back at the Senior Bowl, as you know, so – um, you're right. You know, the Jaguars are looking for somebody or they have to be looking. You would think, you know, you have two guys, Travis Etienne with the Liz Frank, which is, I mean, notably a career killer potentially for four running backs. MJD J- Jaguar fans should be very familiar with this injury. MJD came off of a record breaking season, six, 1,606 yards in 2011. I believe it was the next year. He, he couldn't do anything. He had the, the, the Liz Frank afterward. And that was that. So you have to think that maybe he's not going to be as explosive. This is ETN. Maybe uh, you're not going to get the guy that you thought you would get in the draft. Now, he has the side of being young, which is great. But on the flip side, you you still have to worry about what you're going to ultimately get from him. And then James Robinson, like you said, the Achilles injury, um, those are also tricky. Uh, Cam Akers was able to come back from it quick, and I don't know how many other humans alive could do the same thing. So. Um, yeah. We're going to see what they're going to do, but you know, definitely they're going to be adding a running back at some point. I'm going to ask you real quick about a position group or specific players you can name if you want that you're looking forward to at the draft. I'm going to tell you something I noticed. Yeah. I noticed a lot of guys who watch film all year, all of a sudden got uh, Traylon Burks in the top seven. And the weird thing to me is I've always liked him, but I just tried to figure out. I told uh, John Ledger that it's like if DK Metcalf and AJ Brown had a baby, is that's who it is. So my thing is, is why do so many guys wait until other people's opinion of guys change before they start? It is the thing that bothers me more than anything. Like Traylon Burks was a late first round pick. Now, all of a sudden, all of these draft boards look just alike. And it's the weirdest yep. thing to me. So I'm looking forward to the wide receivers. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the wide receivers. My guy is Jahan Dotson. And I love George Pickens. I'll take both of those dudes. In the early second round, the way that the Jaguars took Marquise Lee and Allen Robinson, remember that? Mm-hmm. And by the way, they they could have took Devontae Adams, but that's a whole nother story. Uh, but um, I would take those two guys to go along with maybe one guy in free agency, and and just start bumping some of the guys we have now down the list. What position and and what uh, group of players are you looking forward to? The receivers, I mean, like you said, uh, I think that that's the group that they're going to be harping on. They're going to make sure that they're going to get at least a couple of those guys in the draft. 
Um, I like Burks as well. I think that he has the most potential out of any receiver in the draft. I, I think that what his issue is, is he's sort of raw. And, and, and like you said, everybody's kind of seeing what other people see. And then all of a sudden he's, he's jumping up the boards. Another guy that, um, that people have sort of propelled is Iki Iguanu, who from the, the offensive tackle from NC state, who, I mean, he's an incredible player, but it's funny to see, you know, people who, had Neil at number one for so long, then you see a couple of other people say, no, maybe Iguanu. And then all of a sudden those Neil people are saying Iguanu. So it's a funny situation, but I'm really looking forward to seeing him at the combine just because everybody's saying how he's going to just blow everything out of the water. He's going to be an incredible um, runner. He's going to be an incredible, you know, person uh, to be athletic at the combine. And you have Evan Neil, who's not even going to be participating. So he's going to be able to be put on that spotlight. So a couple of those guys and, and Dotson, I mean, I want to see personally Kyrie Elam, see, see how he does. I mean, there's a, there's a few guys I'm going to be taking a look at and making sure, you know, Hey, does the film match up with the numbers that they put on the field during the combine? And I guess we'll we'll find out. Well, Dotson's a track guy. He's a track champion from high school Mm -hmm. Four about four by 100 meters high jump. He's going to show up and mark my word. I'm going to tell you right now, if he works out, watch Kayvon Thibodeau. All, all mm. I'm going to tell you is he has been the most athletic, best freak since he was six years old. And yeah. guys like that are just different. And these people, all of these scouts and all of these dudes that I talked to that told me there ain't no way they're going to take a workman over a dude like that. Because every time you read something, what do you read? You read that he has the biggest ceiling of anybody, right? scouts love that remember dj humphrey went in the first round they Mm -hmm. absolutely they can't help themselves even if they're wrong for doing it they absolutely can't help themselves and if thibodeau does what i heard he's gonna do and what i heard he's been doing because i talked to his agent at the senior bowl watch what happens everybody that has him going four fifth six and seven i guarantee you they're gonna have him right back up all, all close to the top demetrius man i appreciate you man this ain't gonna be the last time baby we're gonna do this a lot uh if i can catch you uh, even if I have to strap you down to my barber chair when you're coming in to get a haircut or threaten not to cut your hair and you're going to do this with me. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for having me on, man. All right, stick around for just a second because I got to let you guys know about Locked On NFL Draft. Locked On NFL Draft, like I told you, man, you have to make it your second listen every single day here on uh, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's free wherever you get your podcast. Make sure, make sure that you check that out. I also want to tell you about, uh, you know, NFL uh, on YouTube, all right? You make us your first listen every day and make sure you're following Locked on NFL, which I'm on there normally on Wednesdays. I wasn't on there today, obviously, because I was out with James Rapine. But every single day, there are guys on there giving you information. So make sure you check out the experts on Locked on NFL for all the biggest stories around on of the, from the NFL Monday through Friday. It's free, available wherever you get your platforms. I'm back in action, man. Tony Wiggins back here on the Locked On uh, Jaguar Show on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks to Demetrius Harvey, my uh, co-host for today. Make sure you check him out at, at Demetrius, no gap between the at and the D, uh, 82 on Twitter. And uh, do what I said, man. Y'all keep taking care of each other, and we'll see you next time here on Locked On Jaguars.